Good afternoon to all of our fellow health enthusiasts. My name is Aubrey Mast and I'm a professor of nutrition. This is a new podcast developed by my friend and colleague, Dr. Charles Benz, and we call this show Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. We search the internet every day to find the best scientific studies that can be used to improve the health of every interested person. You will not see many of these studies in the conventional media because most doctors do not have the time or the interest in finding them. There are also special interests that are less than enthusiastic about you knowing about the studies. Every week we will explore nutritional science that has the potential to prevent and even reverse 90% of chronic illness. This could save many lives and to help stop the healthcare crisis that will eventually bankrupt our country. This is frequently called functional medicine and it has been adopted by thousands of doctors as well as some medical schools and hospitals, including the Cleveland Clinic. Today's program is entitled Proven Stress Management Strategies. And boy, do we all need them. How are you, Charles? Well, now more than ever. I mean, at least half of the articles that come out now are about the stress of COVID and uh, all the anxiety and depression and, and problems that people are having either because of vaccinations or because they have long COVID and they can't get rid of it or because they're afraid to send their kids to school. And so I think stress is probably as high as it's ever been in our country and all the years that I've, that I've been looking at this topic. I, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Aubrey? Oh, I think it's just a continual uptick, you know, and when we compare that with the stress of just living in today-to-day society and the environmental toxins and contamination that we've already talked about and the lack of sleep and the reliance on social technology, you know, the the level of stress that we are in is definitely insurmountable. So how many people do you think actually pay attention to their stress understand that it's happening. I mean, we, we get more of an understanding uh, recently, but how many people are actually doing anything about it? Uh, and, and I think that's the point of today's program. If you don't do something about it, it can have some pretty bad consequences. And my guess is less, less than 10% of people really know or even think about how to do anything to mitigate the stress they have. I mean, I think In my world, too, I think whenever we have stress, we have to think about inflammation in the body and, you know, its ability to degrade the immune system function. And stress can come from turning on the television. You know, it can be getting in an argument with your partner or going to a job you don't like or eating really crappy foods. I mean, the the places that we are experiencing a stress load are numerous at this point in time. And I think we have gotten really accustomed and comfortable with how stressed we are as a society. Yeah, I mean, I think from the textbook point of view, um, they tell us that about uh, people have about 20 to 50 of these small, medium, and large-sized stressors uh, every day. And what they don't seem to know is that when that stress happens, if it's a large stress response, it, it lasts for hours. And there's lots of things that go on in the body uh, that we need to really talk about a little bit before we get on to the solutions. And, you know, the, the classical definition is it's an emotional disruption to an external influence uh, or perhaps in, in internal thought patterns that can't be changed, or can't be modified. And so stress comes in a lot of shapes and forms. And I think that 
people need to know that the immediate reaction in the body is for the adrenal glands to say, hello, we have your message. Uh, and I think what we need to do here is release some cortisol. And then the cortisol uh, rushes into the bloodstream and then uh, the liver decides to release a lot of fats and a lot of sugars so that the body has energy. Remember, this whole, this whole thing is, is coming from generations past where we were, we were either going to run from the problem or we were going to fight. So the fight or flight problem was the thing that really got our bodies kind of accustomed to this whole mechanism of, of responding to stress. And so then you have this heart rate that goes up, you have your blood pressure that goes up, uh, you have your muscles that kind of contract and get ready for action because you're either gonna run or you're gonna fight. Uh, the, the breathing uh, starts to accelerate, the, uh, the blood moves uh, from the skin of the body down into the lower extremities because it doesn't want you to bleed if you have to happen to be bit by somebody or stabbed by Attila the Hun. And that's why they say, you know, he's white as a ghost. He's scared and white as a ghost. Well, that's because the, the blood has kind of moved away from your skin into the other organs where it may be needed for protection. And then digestion slows down, the immune system kind of uh, slows down. So all these things happen. And as I said before, it, it, can, it can happen and, 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 and that can continue for a couple of hours. And so if people understood exactly how their body worked, I think they might say, oh my God, maybe I should do something about that. I, I mean, I had a stressful telephone call today. And I actually had to go away from the phone, sit down for a minute and think about what I was going to do to reduce the stress from that telephone call. But I was so glad I was able to do that. Um, so, so what's your take on the, uh, the sort of biochemical explanation that I just gave? I, I think it's accurate. I mean, I think that we get stuck. I, I think the piece that was so fascinating to me is we get so stuck in this, right? Where our cortisol and our adrenaline is so accelerated and now we don't realize that it's not coming because we're being hunted down by a lion it's because we have tuned into a news source that we don't agree with or to your point right a phone call right and we're having this physiological reaction to a stressor that is not going to more than likely attack us but we're still having the same response as if it was attacking us, but we're engaging in it repetitively. And it's like, there's that piece that really is of concern to me with the, the physiological perspective is how often we have elevated cortisol and adrenaline levels. And then what do we do to mitigate that? Because digestion becomes impaired, right? We also see in a, a loss of calcium happening during that time. And so there are detrimental consequences to being in that fight or flight response, no matter what the cause of that fight or flight response is, especially when we're in it very regularly. Yeah, and, and you know, in the program that we have, that we do for work the workplace, we have a little map of the body, you know, so we have a picture and, and it kind of goes from the top of the body down to the bottom. And you can see, okay, at the top, it, it's canker score, sores, it's a, a stress causes your, your, your blood brain barrier to respond and you don't have the same memory. And so you can find people under stress. Sometimes they get a heightened sense of who they are and what they need to do. But then afterwards they get a kind of a, a, a fallback where the brain goes into its negative response. 
And so you have possible increases in colds and flu, and uh, you've got blood pressure problems, which can lead to a stroke or a heart attack. Uh, you've got injuries that can happen. They're called repetitive strain injuries. Uh, you have some stomach ulcers that might, might be happening as a result of this. You have psoriasis that, that may happen because of those, uh, those chemical and, and nutritional changes that you talked about. And uh, the arteries can be damaged uh, and, and the damage causes the release of cholesterol, which then leads to the development of plaque, which then leads to the development of a heart attack and stroke. So if people knew that all these different things could happen, I, do you think that they would actually start to pay attention? Do we need to have a national program uh, to educate people on stress so that they understand? Because every time I do this workshop, people are amazed. They had no idea that stress was so responsible for so many things. And I know you must, you must encounter the same thing in your workshops and stuff like that. What, what do you tell your people as, uh, that you're teaching as ways that they can get a handle on their stress? How do they identify when it's happening to them? What are the first signs? Well, I think a lot of times that re relates to intuition. You know, what I talk about a lot is paying attention to how our bodies and our minds and our emotions are responding. Um, you know, if you feel your eyes narrowing, if you feel your fist clenching, if you feel your heart rate increasing, if you feel your digestive queasiness, um, or if you have that emotional response of anger or agitation, or resistance or resentment you know those are all markers our body is just constantly our physical body and our energetic body is constantly giving us indications of what's going on and so i think the first place we have to start is starting to be become intuitively aware of ourselves and what's happening in our mind what's happening in our body and what's happening in our spirit i think everybody has a couple of triggers and, and uh, you know, when I was younger, one of the things that I noticed when I got nervous, I used to chew on my nails. And I never thought anything about it. It was just something that I did. And, and then later on, when I got a little bit more knowledgeable about this whole thing, I thought, oh my God, that's probably a sign that I've got some stress going on. I, I should pay attention to that. And you're right. There, there are certain things that people experience that if they could sort of clue into them, then they, they would become more intuitive. They become more aware of, of what's going on in their body. So I think that uh, I knew this, this phone call was stressful. I knew my heart was beating a little bit faster than it should have. I could feel the blood pressure because I get a feeling in my head and my eyes that the blood pressure is going up. And I just think, all right, I gotta do some deep breathing here and I've gotta do some either meditation or something to stop this because uh, that can continue, as I said, for hours. And, but you have to know these things and you have to think about them. And then you have to take, give yourself a time out and, and just say, wait a minute, <laughs> I've got to, I, the better and sooner that I control this, the better it's going to be. And uh, I think everybody, I mean, we have four assessment tools that we use and people can go online and they can look at different sites and say, you know, how do you evaluate whether you're experiencing stress? I mean, there's different surveys and stuff that you can do. I think even on, uh, on my websites, either BeHealthyAtWorth.com or DrCharlesBenz.com, there's some articles in there that talk about these assessment tools. So I think that's really important to have those triggers. 
Is there anything else that you can think of that we could sort of advise people to do just as a precautionary, like an early warning sign that, that stress might be happening to them? I mean, I go back to the book Breath, and I just think that the more individuals can pay attention to how they are breathing is really indicative of how stressed or how they're experiencing stress. Because the reality is that most of us, obviously, we breathe very unconsciously. But we also breathe very shallowly, and that breath gets even more shallow when we're experiencing any type of um, stressful event or stressful thought. And so I think that, to me, is one of those most impactful and powerful places to be at is just to pay attention to how am I breathing right now? Is it rapid? Is it shallow? Am I able to gather a whole breath? Those are really important places, in my opinion, to begin. Well, I, I, I can tell you a recent event in one of my family members that, you know, uh, he, he has a teenage daughter and the teenage daughters, like teenage sons, could be exasperating. And uh, so she was kind of pushing the limits, you know, kids, kids tend to tend to test you. And she was pushing the limits of what the father would sort of tolerate. And I think he just went into this, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk louder than you will over this. And the two of them got into a shouting match. And unfortunately, uh, about a half an hour later, he had a mini stroke at TIA. And, you know, he called me up and he said, uh, I just went to the hospital and they said I had a TIA. I think it was this argument I just had with my daughter but they didn't seem to think so. <laughs> and I said, well, it sounds, it sounds classic to me. And so they wanted to go through a whole series of other tests. And you know, as long as they weren't invasive, I, did, I said, I don't care, just go ahead. But I said, I, I think there's about a 95% chance that that was probably the trigger. And I said, maybe you didn't have enough water in your system because that can also trigger a TIA. Uh, because once you get stressful, then your arteries and your capillaries start to uh, tighten up and, and get, get smaller. And once they get smaller, if the blood's not flowing the way that it should flow in your body, and especially if you don't have enough water that you're consuming, then you're more likely to have something pinch and have a stroke and kind of have that oxygen cutoff that happens when you have that many stroke. And so that's one of the first things I would say to people make sure you hydrate because this is this is so crucial so many people wouldn't have a heart attack wouldn't have a stroke if they hydrated and i i think the other thing this goes back to the the circulation situation but you have to make sure that you have enough key nutrients in your body um, I would say magnesium is, is one of the key ones because that's the one that's actually going to get your cells working properly because it's the one that takes the sugar and the glucose into the cell so that your cells can make energy. Well, if your brain cells are lacking energy or your heart cells are lacking energy, then a, a stressful event, either hydration and or magnesium, lack of magnesium, that's going to precipitate that heart attack or that stroke. So th those are some of the things that I would say preventatively. Do, do you have anything to add from a sort of a preventative point of view from a biological or biochemical point of view? I mean, I just go towards 
the role of alkalinity in the body, but also, you know, as an herbalist, I also think that it's really important to have frequent adaptogens in the system in order to help with the physiological responses to cortisol and adrenaline release. Um, and so there's several herbs that I know that we'll get there later, but they really help with supporting the body to adapt to stressors so that you do not see as high of spikes within cortisol production or even adrenaline being released. I, and that's fantastic, Aubrey, because t this morning, I mean, I had a couple of people actually during the evening uh, when I was sleeping, send me messages and say, you know, uh, this person has stress or this person has uh, uh, anxiety or depression. And, and at that particular moment, I got a uh, email message. Uh, uh, the first one that came up was for ashwagandha complex. Mm -hmm. And I thought, now come on, somebody's sending me a message here. Here's the ashwagandha along with the rhodiola. <laughs> it's right there very clearly that this is one of the things that can actually help do this adapting that you're talking about. And when they list the benefits, it's like maximize energy, relief, relieve occasional stress, uh, sharpen focus and concentration, promote healthy adrenal function, enhance physical performance, uh, support healthy cortisol levels and promote muscular tone and strength. And I thought, now this just is this a coincidence? So I immediately <laughs> hit the hit the forward button and sent it to these two people and said, order this. <laughs> there you go. And so yeah, I mean these opportunities like that don't come in such a timely manner most of the time. But there it was, and I thought, well, maybe maybe this is a message that I'm supposed to forward to some other people. And here we are talking about the same thing today. And I thought, holy cow, <laughs> this is this is too coincidental. Um, but let's talk for the rest of our time about the solutions. And I know you're very, very good on the nutrition and the herbal side of things. So I'm going to let you take the lead on that. And then I'll kind of clean it up and finish it with some of the things that I also think can, can be helpful. Perfect. Well, I mean, I think one, paying attention to how you're eating and when you're eating is part of it, the nutritional intake, right? Um, and eating foods that we know are nutrient depleted is not going to cause less stress being released in the body. And so choosing foods that are more alkaline in nature is going to really come from those plant-based foods, but there are also going to be places where we're finding like vitamin C to help with immune system support. When we have calcium or magnesium or phosphorus and potassium, these are all alkaline rich nutrients that are predominantly soil based and soil bound. And so that's really where we want to go with mitigating stress responses. Um, and then I always go to the role of probiotics because that's going to help augment um, what's happening within the gut microbiome. And we have you know, really great evidence at this point in time that a lot of anxiety and depression can be enhanced by having not, not great and not prolific bacterial colonies within the gut. And so probiotics can help sort of support that adaptogenic um, reaction in the body because they're helping with neurotransmitters that you know, help us counteract the effects of stress. I think that's where I want to start with those are some easy places to begin. Well, all, all, almost all the nutrients in the body are made in the gut. And so uh, we, we know that as we age, the body has this program to uh, age us and eventually kill us. And, and part of that 
coded message is, we're going to reduce your enzymes. We're going to reduce the amount of probiotics you make. We're going to re reduce the, the amount of uh, antioxidants your body makes. This is programmed death. If we didn't have that in our DNA, we would all live to be 900 years old like Methuselah. But unfortunately, this is the program. And, and so then you have to realize that if you're in your 40s and 50s, this aging process that's causing the reduction in these key nutrients is eventually going to impact your ability to absorb and use uh, the different nutrients that your body needs. So that's a, you're exactly right. That's a key element is to get your digestion right. And so I, I think probiotics are really important every day. And I think you should have one that has at least 20 billion strains of bacteria in it and multiple colonies. Like instead of getting it from three or four different strains, try to find one that has five, 10, or 10, 15, 20 different strains and about 20 billion bacteria. I, I, I agree with you 100% on that. And I would add the enzymes for uh, the stomach because unless you're eating a, a fairly high raw food diet, anytime you cook food, you're gonna, you're gonna destroy the enzymes in that food. And once you do that, then it's harder for those foods to let the nutrients escape that, that need to be in your body. And so that's why any cooked meal, I would, I would recommend people eating a digestive enzyme. So great, we, we, we covered the basics and, and kind of in the next level of things are the bad things that you eat or consume like alcohol and uh, tobacco and caffeine. Um, these are things that I think um, don't help the system very much in terms of ad adapting to stress and, and controlling the nutritional flow in your body. In fact, they usually take uh, nutrients away. And I would say stress is the same. Stress like consumes B vitamins like they're candy. And so everybody I've ever seen with high uh, cortisol levels has low vitamin B levels. And, and so vitamin B is needed to make hormones, to make neurotransmitters, especially B6 and B12 and folic acid. And so stress will contribute to this inability to make hormones and neurotransmitters. Oh my God. Uh, if, if, you, if you ever wanted to see a direct connection between one thing, stress, and a multiplicity of other things related to hormones and neurotransmitters, that's the connection. So I, I tell people immediately to start to increase their vitamin B intake because you, I know that their bees are very, very depleted if they're, if they're stressing and, and say they don't even have high cortisol levels, but uh, they just know they're under stress. I just say, take, take more, more make, take a B complex. And if you're really, really stressed, take one in the morning, take one in the afternoon, take one in the evening. I mean, you, it's really hard to, to, to take too much B under those circumstances. So we got about a couple minutes left. Let's try to figure out what else to do in terms of nutrition and other things, other stress reducers like music and pets and hobbies and stuff like that. What do you got for that category? The role of meditation. And if you don't meditate, you guided imagery meditation or just deep breathing. There's all these apps now that will help you with deep breathing. And so it's you know, in my opinion, about coming back to the sense of self rather than getting taken away by the stress, which is easier to practice when you're not stressed. 
So using the tools, the apps, meditation, and guided imagery as a way of uh, mitigating stress load, but also grounding, going outside and just standing in nature or taking a walk in nature, that can really help drop cortisol levels and inflammatory markers in the body pretty quickly while boosting w white blood cell count as well. Um, the role of water, music, like you said, pets are another place. Also art and creativity, whatever that means to you. It could be cleaning your house. It could be painting a picture. It could be cooking a meal, but anything where you feel like you're creatively engaged or able to lose yourself in the process of doing something can be really good to mitigate the effects of stress. Yeah, those are all great. I think that people need to look at uh, time management because a lot of people have time pressures and they kind of don't pay attention to this, but it's a factor because everybody is scrapped for time these days. And so time management is actually a stress reduction tool. And you know, there are, bio, there are biofeedback mechanisms. I mean, there's one called, oh, it's the uh, heart something or other. What the heck's the name of it? It's heart math. Heart math, heart math, yeah. Yep. So if you do heart math, that uses biofeedback. And that will actually show you whether your meditation techniques are working or not. And so this, this is a really good thing. And we've had, we've had some success with medical hypnosis. And this can also give you subliminal messages to try to control those trigger factors. And uh, I guess the other thing is that uh, there's some herbs. I mean, you know about the, all of these, the, cat, the catnip and the St. John's wort and the calamia meal and uh, passion flower and melatonin and bilberry. These are all things that go into that same category with ashwagandha as ma of, of mitigators of, of kind of adaptogens. In the news, just going to finish off, in the news today, uh, somebody sent me a new app for designing and using your own stress, t depression, anxiety, whatever it is you've got as an emotional situation. This app will allow you to fill out a series of questionnaires and then uh, based on that, it will produce various options that are best suited for your situation. And this is coming from a guy I've been working with for about six or seven years. And he's really good. He's really scientific. And he's going to try to roll this out so that it only costs people like $15, $20, $25 to get this app. Then I'm going to try to couple that with a thing called heart rate variability. And there's a new tool coming out. It's, it's a watch that you'll actually be able to wear. And 24-7, it will actually tell you how your heart is adapting to exercise, to stress, to medications you're taking, to this new tool that's out there that, that, that will tell you whether you're on the right thing for your anxiety or your stress. Just want people to know that there are people working on this. We're trying to get it so that even the millennials will be able to use it because it's going to be something that will be quick and easy and able to be measured with this heart rate variability tool that we're gonna kind of couple it with. So we're working on this stuff every day. And uh, if, if, do you have anything else to add before I talk about our commercials? No, go right ahead. Okay, good. Well, you know, our, our four sponsors make this all possible. The first is Southern Trust Financial Planning. And I must say that they have been doing this job 
helping their clients get healthier for about 20 years. And so it's not just about wealth, it's about health. And actually we have that as our logo on our Healing Trends with Dr. Benz. It's not about wealth, it's about health. That's what really people need to pay attention to. So this financial trust planning corporation company in Sarasota, they really do pay attention to that. And so I would encourage you to take a look at them and see if there's some ideas in there that you can benefit from. And uh, they send out emails from us all the time uh, advising their clients about ways to stay healthy so you can enjoy the uh, financial benefits that you've gained over the years. DHA Labs is another one of our proud sponsors. And they're really good at developing these advanced tools for blood and urine testing so that you can find illnesses five to 10 years before they actually happen. So I've worked with them to develop an immune test, two wellness tests, two cancer tests, and a brain test. And uh, the, these, these tests are making a difference and they're actually helping people to find things they would have never found otherwise. And so they're helping to save lives. And we're very happy with our partnership with DHA Labs. And Paddock Pools is another company that's dedicated to, to health and wellness. And this is one of the only companies in the country that has a vacuum extractor that actually takes the chlorine gas off the surface of the pool and removes it to the point where you've got about 95% of the toxins uh, that are coming up from the, from the uh, pool gas uh, eliminated so that people can really breathe healthy oxygenated air. And this makes such a big difference in your exercise performance and it also helps you to uh, not have a deficiency in, in zinc because these chlorine gases can cause a zinc deficiency and that can lead to cancers. And so we've, we've seen the science now that shows that this, uh, this unit that takes this gas off the surface of the pool really can prevent cancer and other illnesses as well. And the final sponsor is MPB Health. MPB Health is uh, kind of like an alternative to an insurance company and they're what's called a medical cost sharing company. And so all people who are kind of interested in health will join an organization like this. They'll continue to try to eat right, uh, have a wellness program, do tests and evaluations. But it, it's groups of people who really want to be healthy and who really want to drive the cost of their healthcare down. So by doing that, the, this medical cost sharing company, MPB Health, they can get reductions in your health insurance of 30 to 50%. So this is something that's growing. And so any individuals that have their own businesses or small companies, you should really look into MPB Health because this could be the answer to your profitability and to the health of your employees. So thanks to our sponsors and thanks to Aubrey for uh, again, helping us to put together a great show and we'll see you all on the next program. Bye-bye.